0: Welcome to Growth Marketing Today, where marketers, designers, and
1: product owners level up their growth marketing chops from experts in today's top startups. Here's your host, Ramley John.
0: Welcome to episode 141 of Growth Marketing Today podcast. This is your host, Ramley John, and I'm excited to do today to talk about guest posting or guest blogging and creating a system around getting more traffic and organic users from that. Now, guest posting or guest blogging is a great way to build brand recognition, create backlinks, and establish your expertise on a subject. Now, the key here for its success is to have a system in place to identify well-written guest articles from ones that are spammy and terribly written. Now, Rebecca Reynoso, she is a senior content editor and guest post program manager at DG2, knows this firsthand. Now, people pitch her hundreds of guest posts a week. In this episode, Rebecca shares her guest posting system that has generated over 550,000 yearly website sessions, 80% of which are organic. In episode 141, you learn first, what goes into a strong guest posting editorial program. Second, the story of how G2's guest post program has evolved over time. And third, the results of G2's guest post program has generated. Before I go, I also want to thank those who made this episode possible. Now, this folks helped cover the cost of hosting and marketing tools so I can focus on getting amazing experts like Rebecca on the show. Thanks to Ahrefs Webmaster Tool. You can find the top keywords you rank for, track new organic keywords, get more in-depth backlink data, and perform a site audit all for free using Ahrefs Webmaster Tool. You can sign up for free today at growtoday.fm forward slash Ahrefs or find that link in the description of the show. Enough about me. Let's jump into my chat with Rebecca. Hey, everybody. Welcome. I'm excited to have Rebecca here. She is Senior Content Editor and Guest Post Program Manager at G2. And she's going to be talking about guest posting and Rebecca manages G2's editorial calendar. And, you know, they've generated over 550,000 yearly website sessions. I'm sure that's, that's a lot more now than it was before. But Rebecca, how are things with you?
1: Not too bad. Um, pretty good. It's a nice day out. It's finally spring, Same. so I'm excited about that. Um, we're expecting a bit of a rainstorm tonight, but, you know, uh-huh. the more it rains in March, the more you get those flowers, so I'm excited about that.
0: Where, where are you based? Out of Chicago, right?
1: Yeah, I'm in Chicago, so I'm kind of like on the edge near a suburb, but I'm still within the city proper, so yeah, uh, in Chicago.
0: Uh and it's sunny here in Toronto as well but I heard it's going to snow next week so I am not sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: it's a late snow but I mean that kind of makes sense occasionally we'll get snow all the way into April here so that's you know looking forward to that huh? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man, I'm not a big fan of snow it's funny like my my wife is like oh we should move to Florida or Philippines or somewhere warm <laughs> instead. Yeah. <of> <laughs> Well, I'm excited to have you here to talk about guest posting. I actually have never had somebody on the show to talk about guest posting. So this is exciting for me as well, because it's not something I'm very familiar with. But before we talk about that, I love hearing, uh, and I love our listeners to hear a little bit more about you that's that's more fun and not marketing related. You said you like visiting Seattle, and I've never been there. I'm curious if, for people who's never been to Seattle, and once all of this lockdown is done, what's one or two places you suggest that we visit there in Seattle?
1: Yeah. So one really cool thing to do when you're in Seattle, I've only actually been once I, we had, my boyfriend and I actually had a second trip plans there. Um, During the pandemic, which obviously we had to cancel, which sucked, but the first time we went there was November 2019. So we eked it out right before everything went, you know, under. So um, we actually did the Argosy Cruises. So that's one of Seattle's like main uh, cruise venues. It's one of those kind of like sightseeing tours. Um, It's really cool because you have somebody who narrates like facts and history and stuff about Seattle. You get to see the entire skyline, the shipping ports, which is so incredible to see they've got a lot of like um shipping that happens like from seattle to alaska and you can see all those like giant shipping containers it's really crazy because that's not something that you know we have in chicago so it's really cool to see that and then um you know you get a really great view of like the mountains puget sound and uh you know under normal circumstances like you can also have like bar service and stuff like that you know obviously um (laughs) now it might be a little bit different but yeah (laughs) so um, but it's definitely something really great. I love those kind of tours, whether you do a boat tour, a bus tour somewhere. I cool. think that's probably like the best way to get to know a city in a quick period of time. You know what I mean?
0: Interesting. That, that is on my list now. And would you move there in a heartbeat or it's just one of those places that you like to visit, but actually wouldn't want to live in? <laughs> I think
1: it would definitely be a place that I could see myself. Moving to, but is it a move that I'm looking to make right now? No, I really love the Midwest, really love Chicago. Blessed to be in this city. So uh, for now, I'll just make some, you know, maybe yearly visits there.
0: Cool, uh, that totally makes sense. And when I do visit there with with Joanna, I'll definitely uh, ask for more more tips and advice from you. <laughs> Well, let's jump talk. Let's jump in and talk about guest posting. And you know, you've created this program at G two, and you you've led that. I'm curious how that came about. Like, what was the opportunity, and how did you, I, I guess, get get approval for for that program, or was it around before you you came on?
1: Yeah, so um, it was not my idea from inception. So I definitely want to put that out there that I kind of took it into what it exists as now. But um, a version of it did exist uh, previously. So I started it. At- G2 in February of 2019. And pretty soon thereafter, in March 2019, I saw an opportunity. We have, you know, we use Asana at G2. So, any, you know, you can think of it any like project management software, you've got a board listed with all of the content that you're going to be publishing. And on there, there was a section where it showed like guest posts that were like in progress that needed to be edited. And at the time, we didn't have anybody to do that. So, I kind of just offered up to the person who was our SEO manager at the time. I asked him, I was like, do you need help here? And he was like, you know what I do. So, um, I was able to kind of find that opportunity for myself. And as time progressed throughout that whole first year, we were building out this whole guest post program. Originally, it was just kind of like one-off like link swap opportunities. Like someone was like, Hey, can we publish on your blog? You can publish on ours. And it was like a one-for-one, you got a couple of links here and there. And it transformed into something actually more valuable for us in the long term. But like, yeah, it did exist early on in a completely different inception as it looks now. And um, yeah, so the opportunity was just making sure to kind of find opportunities to work with external parties that was in a way that was beneficial for them and for us. But yeah, it totally looked different two years ago than it does right now.
0: That's good to hear because I'm curious, like you've, you've, been doing this now for two years if you can go back in time and talk to uh, the past rebecca what what kind of advice would you give to that that version of you about this whole program
1: Yeah. So something that I definitely learned as time progressed and, you know, that whole first year, we had a lot of changes that first year, beginning of the second year as well. But, you know, for the first, maybe six months, we were kind of just accepting content from whoever reached out to us. Weren't really vetting people just kind of, you know, they, they basically had the same thing as in mind as us. They wanted to build links. We wanted to build links. It was, you know, um, something that you know was beneficial in the sense of like linking for linking and you know link building is super important especially when you're trying to build your site's authority but we weren't really vetting the people that we were working with and so it was just kind of people would pass over full drafts that you know later on we discovered that you know a lot of these people were just passing over something that they had published on a bunch of sites or or something that they just ripped from their own website and you know that's not good for SEO Google doesn't love it and um you know you can run the risk of getting penalized for just continuously republishing and republishing content and it was an area that we kind of were we had a blind spot in and so that's definitely something that I wish I knew earlier on but I feel like we kind of nipped it in the bud pretty early like within the first calendar year so um I think we were pretty proactive about it, but yeah, it's definitely something like maybe just don't accept <laughs> pre-written content without vetting it and, you know, know who you're working with basically.
0: I, I love that. I think it's it's part of growing, right? Just trying and then learning from past mistakes and and that's, I guess, that's where it's leading. Uh, my, my next question is, Ron, what does your vetting process now look like? You, you were talking about before you found out that people were just copying and pasting stuff that they've written in the past, which is, like you said, a big no-no for Google. But it, what is your process right now? What are things that you make that you and your team make sure to to make sure that the quality of the guest posts are actually really, really high?
1: So um, at the end of the first year, so around like December of 2019, um, we had like a tiny team, it was me and two other people. And we came up with the idea of creating some guidelines that were, you know, would actually be out there for the public to see so that when people wanted to publish with us. Um, they would kind of have a baseline of what our expectations were. And since that point, you know, I was able to take on all of that last July, 2020, and kind of reinvent those guidelines so that, you know, I have really high standards and really, you know, high quality standards as well for myself and for the people that I work with. And so those guidelines on our site are just pretty, they're pretty strict. You know, we have a lot of like must haves for people. So like a word count, um, you know, proof that they're a real person, uh, as much as it might sound like, uh you know, like a joke, we have a lot of people where they'll, you know, shoot us emails that you could tell they're fake, you know, like a first name, a last name with a bunch of numbers. And, um, just where you could tell it's like the same person because it's the exact same pitch coming from like three different emails. So just basically making sure the person is real. So like having them show some proof of like either a portfolio or um, some social media, usually a LinkedIn is a really good key indicator. Like Twitter accounts, people like to make a lot of fake Twitter accounts as well, but LinkedIn for the most part, you know, it's not foolproof, but usually if someone has their LinkedIn, uh, they're probably a legitimate person. So just kind of having a way to make sure the person you're communicating with is who they say they are, um, and is going into it with good intentions, not just somebody who they're, you know, somebody who's like really frantic in their messaging, uh, super in a rush with immediacy, like, oh, I need this from you now. Mm -hmm. And something like that, then you can kind of tell like, Hey, maybe they're in it for their own benefit and not really for, you know, something beneficial to us or for thought leadership or for you know growing their authority and usually those cases it's somebody just looking for links and so just Mm. making sure that we can kind of identify the people where it's like they're in it for their own benefit versus something that's a little bit give and take for us and for
0: them Mm. it makes a ton of sense and you're talking about that immediacy that some people have like you guys do you I, I'm guessing no, like you, you wouldn't jump on a call with this, with a uh, potential guest posters, but like, do you follow up with an email? Like, how do you figure out like that? They're actually not, um, I don't know how to say it is good, uh, p- a match for uh, the guest post program at G2.
1: So we, well, I occasionally jump on calls, especially like we have mm. a lot of customers who write for us as well. So we kind of have. Two um, buckets of people who write for us. We have our customers who are kind of passed over through our sales team. So it's a really good like relationship building with you know our sales team that. Company sales team and also their marketing team, you know, they get in touch with us. And so for those, I will more frequently jump on calls just because, you know, um, our customers really like to have things crystal clear. And some people prefer verbal communication, which is totally fine. But for people who aren't customers, I'll typically keep it to email communication just because I am the kind of person that likes receipts. I want to have a thread, I want proof of what was said from both parties. And so I like having things written down. So um, communicating through email and Vetting someone, like I said, if it's if it's somebody who's coming from a company, I would say nine times out of ten you can prove their legitimacy. So um, I'll pull on uh, you know a concept that we've used. So uh, we have had previous team members and also current team members who uh, do outreach for G two and you know do guest post outreach as well. And so those people are legitimate. They can send over proof samples of their writing that has their byline you know along with their um their real name on it you know they have their social profiles that people can click over to so basically just having those kind of like demarcations of you are who you say you are your name exists on this website (laughs) that you're saying that you work for stuff like that when we have like the occasional freelancer or one-off like independent writer who comes to us so long as somebody has a legitimate uh portfolio like I also do freelance writing on the side and I have a portfolio that's a website with my name I have samples of my work across a lot of different sites so somebody that can come back you know show me their bylines I know ghost writing exists because I have some of those instances too but unless you know I've had people like oh I've written for sites X, Y, and Z, and then they send me links and it's not their name. And they also have no social media profiles and they also have no, you know, business that they work for. It just seems a little bit shady. Um, you know, I'm always welcome if somebody has, uh, you know, has ghost written something, if they're like, hey, um, you know, I've had a couple people actually... Be like, I got permission to share this privately with you, but I can't share it publicly. Is that okay? Mm. It's like, yeah, absolutely. So just like Mm. making sure that you have proof that you are who you say you are and you have content to back up your writing chops, basically.
0: I love that. Like, that's exactly what you would do to look up people that are supplying for a job, right? Like, you want to make sure that they are who they say they are. A lot of this sounds like a lot of manual process for you. Are you... Outsourcing this to to somebody to help you vet this. I imagine you get a ton, a ton of like uh, people who want to uh, guest post on G2. But, like, is there what are things that you've done to kind of streamline or delegate or even automate this whole vetting process?
1: So it is all manual and it is all me. So anybody wow. who's listening, who's worked with me to any degree <laughs> before, uh, if I take a couple of weeks to get back to you, that's, that's why. It's just me. I'm a one-man show. I do have um, some new support from our brand new editor, um, you know, who I can lean on as needed for editing purposes. But in terms of like the communication, uh, you know, setting up those outlines, finding those keywords, you um, you know, vetting those writers—that's all me, and we don't automate any of that. And I'm glad that we don't. Maybe in a different inception uh, year or so down the line, it might be needed, especially because we do have so many pitches. Come, um, you know, you, you go away for the weekend, and then you come back with 20 new pitches in your inbox. So. It's something that I could definitely see the benefit of automating as time progresses. But right now, um, it's worked so far with uh, me handling all of that. And, you know, I have confidence in myself that I'm doing a pretty good job. So I think that our process cool. is pretty solid right now. But yeah, um, we definitely do get a lot of requests. And <laughs> I, you know, I have to organize my inbox with a bunch of different like, you um, Little tabs and flags where I have different colors. Like if I have a new pitch come in, I mark it green for new pitches. So I make sure to review those. And if I have a customer pitch come in, I mark it orange with that tab. So I just keep myself super organized and it's basically like sticky notes in my inbox.
0: I love that. I've been trying, I get a ton of emails as well and i've tried I, it, when you say sticky notes are, are you using are you guys using g suite are, is it like the, the 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 tags or i forgot what it's called labels is it are you talking about labels
1: yeah so that's uh oh. that's been my lifesaver i use it in my personal email too just because i have so many you know i have like marketing emails and then i have like <laughs> social emails and stuff like that it's just so great to it keeps myself in check you know keeps myself way more organized
0: so you said, I, I, I want to dig into this a little bit because I it's, a, it's something that I'm sure I can use and the listeners can use. So you use green for new pitches. Uh, you said orange for customers. Is there any other labels that you have to kind of organize all of this? I'm sure you get a, you probably get a ton more emails than, than I do just because of all the pitches that you're getting.
1: Yeah, so I'm just going to open my email so I can take a look because there <laughs> are a lot. I actually- Interesting. Yeah. I was going to say, let me see. So I have one for customer emails. One for new pitches, one for offsite collaboration. So that's our offsite team, that the team that they write guest posts for other uh, teams. So we've got, uh, they're a small team, a team of three. You know, we've got our uh, link building manager and then his two uh, direct reports. And so whenever wow. they send over some communication to me with somebody they're working on a guest post with, um, that's a purple tab. You know, so. Um, and then any requested edits or changes. So someone comes back and is like, hey, I noticed there's a typo in my company name or this link isn't, uh, you know, leading where it needs to. That's a red tab. So that way I know like, hey, this is kind of urgent. I need to go back and fix that. So just making sure that I've got tabs for the most important people that I'm communicating with and the most important changes that need to be made.
0: And all of these labels, are you? Did you create rules for them, or like do you go through and filter through your all of your emails in the morning, just and then work on them at night? Like, what, what does that look like for you? One like labeling it and working on, actioning each of the those tabs.
1: Yeah, so I uh, will manually check my email. I don't have any like rules set up in the inbox. I just go through, and you know, typically if it's a new pitch, they'll indicate that either in the um, the subject line or in the first couple of words, if it's a legit pitch, I mark it as new pitch. If it's something that you could tell is really spammy where it's like, (laughs) do you accept casino links and gambling links? It's like, (laughs) all right, that's going to trash. So, you know, I just, I will, you know, if you're sending me an email on the inbox, I will definitely take a look at it. If I don't respond to you right away, it's because, you know, you're filtering in my little labels for me to get back to at another time.
0: (sighs) All right so you label them do you label do you do all of this like as they come in or i'm i'm guess i'm hoping that you like every 10am in the morning you would go through it and filter through that or is it more like you you've, you you label them as they come in
1: I typically will do this like first thing in the morning, especially if I've makes gotten sense, some yeah. emails overnight. Um, but as more filter in through the day, I, you know, am more than happy to just work on them as they come through. Um, so that way I'm not like losing track of things. I don't want to mm. leave stuff for the next day. If something comes in mm-hmm. at like 2 PM, why not label it right away? You know what I mean?
0: That makes sense. And then, and then you're talking about actually actioning it. Like the, you were talking about some of the important stuff you do it right away, but some of the other stuff that can wait, like do you go hide, Do you go back at it in the afternoon to actually like start actioning or working on them?
1: Yeah. So things that are more, um, Urgency related, like a, a typo or something like that, for me, that's an urgent thing. And it's a pretty quick fix. I just got to hop into the CMS. Those I like to take care of same day or within like two to three business days. But if it's a brand new pitch, it might take me a week or so to get back to because I'm working on so much content with people already that starting the whole process, it takes time. And, you know, it takes a lot of my time to do the research, to find a keyword, to do the back and forth communication. So something like that usually is a little bit on pause. Um, you know, that one's not an immediate unless it's a customer and our customers are a priority and we want to make sure that we get to them ASAP. But for anyone who isn't, unfortunately, those will take a little bit of time to get back to. But um, the cadence has worked. And, you know, to my uh, knowledge and experience, uh, people haven't gotten frustrated with the uh, amount of time it takes to get back to them. So I think people have been really understanding, which is uh, really great and a benefit for me.
0: When we come back in just a moment, Rebecca shares the result of G2's guest post program. Just a quick thanks to our sponsor for this episode, Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Now Ahrefs Webmaster Tools help website owners get more traffic from search by improving their website's SEO performance. It does this in three easy ways. First, it scans your website for over hundred common SEO issues that might be hurting its performance in search engines. Second, it gives you actionable insights from your inbound and outbound link profiles. And third, it shows you what keywords your website ranks for and compare how you stack up against competitors in the search results page. Now I took it for a test drive and I have to say that I'm very impressed with how easy it is to use and how useful the data they provided. It gave me a holistic view of how my website is doing and I got more actionable tips, insights and strategies to get growtoday.fm ranking higher in search engines than Google Search Console. Sign up for free by going to growtoday.fm forward slash hrefs. that's A-H-R-E-F-S or find that link in the description of the show. Signing up is a breeze and it only takes a few clicks to get it set up. Enough about this, let's jump back into my chat with Rebecca. That's totally cool. I I mean, the reason why I am digging into this is like, it's something that I can use. It doesn't have to be for the guest posting program. (laughs) I really love like this, like I love how organized you are with this and things aren't slipping through because you are, you're right. Like just out of curiosity, how many pitches do you get like per, per week, let's say
1: per week, I'd say at least 50 to 60, um, you know, that's a rough estimate. I've never counted. I think you've just inspired me to do so. Like maybe at the beginning of next week, I'm going to start counting from Sunday forward just to see uh, <laughs> how many come in in a week. But yeah, some days we'll get an influx of like 10 overnight, which Shoot. is wild. And other days it'll be, you know, really hit or miss maybe one or two. Um, so it just depends. Weekends, you know, a uh, a lot more comes through people have some time to kind of sit and submit their pitches. Um, so yeah. Or if I, you know, I'm off for a day for any reason, like it seems like the days that I'm gone, it are the days when people are like, Hey, she's not here. Let's send extra. Pitches. <laughs> so at least that's how it seems to me. you know? That's
0: so funny. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious which one I'm sure you've gotten a lot of pitches, but is there one that you're like, wow, this is the best pitch I've seen ever or like, Maybe just if not one that stands out, but like some suggestions on on you know people are pitching to guest posts, not on just G two, but in just in general uh, and uh, to other sites, what would be a suggestion?
1: I do actually have one pitch in mind now that you bring it up and I pulled it up. So I'm going to make sure that he listens to this because we (laughs) do communicate. So Mehdi Hussein from Sales Handy sent me a guest post pitch in October of 2020 and the headline for the pitch, it says, Rebecca, you took away my best writer, but I still want to write for G2. (laughs) So for a little bit of context, one of the former content team members from Sales Handy actually moved over to G2 in October. And right after that move was announced to our team, uh, many reached out via email. Um, and I just thought this was so creative. It definitely captured my attention. Um, I will say that that is one thing that anyone listening, if you're sending a guest post pitch, uh, find out the editor's name or whoever manages the site and use it in the subject line because they will click open the email. Um, that is almost one Way I will almost always open an email that has my name on it. Yeah. So, but yeah. And then I'll even read from it. He's uh, given me clearance to use this before. So I'm going to use it now. But he says um, his name, who he is, um, what kind of content he produces. And then he mentioned the writer who moved to G2. I will not name just for uh, safety purposes. But um, they said uh, this person is my main content writer at Sales Handy. This month end, he'll be joining G2. Happy for him and your content team. He's a gem of a person. I'm sure you'll love working with him. Now let's talk about my guest post. So it was just great. It was hit after hit. It was awesome. He gave me background on who he is, where he comes from why he's reaching out and who his connection is. So like, you know, it's so great. It's like, I have a built-in connection at G2 now. So I'm gonna, you know, make my way into a nice collaborative friendship here. And then he told me what kind of content he wanted to write on. And then he followed all the guidelines where, you know, in the guidelines, it requests that people provide um, the keyword they want to write on and the uh, keyword volume. Um, And he did all of that. He even put suggested titles. And was just, you know, I don't know. It blew me away. It's something that I still think about. Like I said, I knew the minute you were saying that, I was like, I've got the perfect example to explain. So, yeah, um, definitely something that I personally look for, uh, personalization. You know, if somebody just says, hi, editor, or hello, learn.g2t, <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> you know, it's so it takes really little time to figure out yeah. who at G2 um is running this initiative. And like a lot of times, my teammates will get emails. Sometimes my teammates have gotten emails addressed to me, and it's just like, take time. If you really want your pitch to be reviewed, uh, if you're using someone's name, make sure you're sending it to the right person. And, um, you know, it takes really little time to just personalize your pitch. And our guidelines are right on our, you know, Learning Hub blog page. So you can find them super easily at the navigation bar on the right hand side. So You know, everything is there. Just whenever you're sending a pitch, just make sure you actually review the guidelines first. And I guarantee someone like me, I will absolutely respond to a pitch that, you know, just gives me what I asked for.
0: That is so good. Thank you for sharing that. It's funny when you say, I can't believe people just say, hey, learn g2.com. Like, that's (laughs) just a joke, man. Like, That's so impersonal. And I feel like it's an insult and and it's a little, a little bit rude that they didn't spend the time to get to know who is actually managing it. Like you said, yeah. what's the next step to that? Like you got that email, do you, you reply back? Sure. And then, um, you, do you ask them to send you the piece or they've already sent it? Like, what, what would be, what was the next step once you like, okay, this, this guy's legit. And I like, I like his vibe (laughs) and he exactly sounds like he'll be a great fit. Like, what what, what did you do next for that particular pitch?
1: Yeah. So for this pitch and for every viable pitch that comes in, if the person and sends over one keyword that they want to write on um, and it's something that I know for sure that, you know, we're open to taking based on our, um, you know, the kinds of contents that we write on or um, if it's something that I know, you know, hey, we've got a keyword that needs to be written on this. Um, the process goes a lot faster. So that's one thing I actually list out in the guidelines, I encourage people to do a site search to make sure, you know, if somebody's pitching me sales tips, you know, we've got an article on sales tips. I'm going to say no. Um, I will probably, if it's a legitimate person and they took the time to write a really well-crafted pitch to me, even if it's on a topic that we already have, I will definitely respond and be like, do you have any alternative topics? Because I want to give that person an opportunity. You know, they took the time, they put in the care, they put in the personalization. I want to give them an opportunity to have a second chance. But if it's somebody where you can tell it was super slow they just pitched a bunch of titles that you can tell, like usually when I get pitches that are full article titles and a bunch of article titles, <laughs> I know that these are pre-written. Um, usually when it's just a keyword pitch, I know that somebody is has not written on that yet. Maybe they have a lot of expertise on it. Like if I were pitching somewhere, I'd say, hey, I would love to write a blog about guest posting. I don't have anything pre-written yet, but I want to write on this keyword on this topic. And somebody would say yes or no. So um, basically, after that point, and we agree upon a keyword, what I do is I, we have a uh, proprietary outline document that I created. And so in it, it basically has a couple of different sections. So at the top, there is an editor use only. So that's where I put in the keyword, any secondary keywords, and the URL slug that's going to be used. So our writers never have to come up with that information. That is all on me. Um, and then there's a second section where it says writer use only. And in that section, the writers have to put in their, uh, you know, first name, last name, a short author bio, um, a headshot, the two links that they want to their site, and um, a meta description for the article. So about a year back, I used to write the meta descriptions. And while, you know, I fancy myself a talented writer, it's very difficult to write meta descriptions for an article that you did not. Produce yourself. So I decided, I was like, you know what? Who better than the writer themselves to come up with the meta description for their content? So all of that information is in the second section of our outline. And then in the third section, there's a bunch of more detailed rules that are not on our guidelines page, just because people that are reading the guidelines haven't gotten to the point yet that they were confirmed to write for us. So they don't need to know this information. So during that part of the outline, it basically lists things like the tone of voice we use, what kind of language to avoid, who our competitors are, um, and any other information like, you know, not to include certain types of images, what kind of source material you should be using, blah, 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 So detailed um, explanations of all of those things there. And then um, the last part of this, you know, very detailed outline uh, document is uh, the skeleton. So I call it the skeleton of the outline because it basically has sections for your title, for your H2, your H3, all of that information, section for your conclusion, and if it's a more dense or higher volume keyword, I am going to create the outline myself and send it over. So I don't write like what somebody should write about in each section, but I give them each of the headers so they know this is the direction we want you to take it in. This is how it should look on the page. You come up with the actual content, but I'll help you basically giving you you know, steps one through three finished and you just come up with the actual content. If it's something a little bit more niche, like um, we've recently had a customer working on a topic called data fabric, which I had no idea about. It's not something we have any learning hub content on, or at least didn't until their uh, most recent article went live. I gave them the reins. I said, you create the outline and then I will just do a competitive analysis to make sure that what you're writing on is going to you know, meet and beat uh, what's already out there online. So yeah, if it's a really niche and dense topic, I let the writer themselves come up with the outline. But if it's something high value keyword, something where you know it's competing for an oversaturated keyword in the world of Google, I will create the outline myself and then send it over and then they will fill it out. I approve it and then we're good to write the draft.
0: Wow. Thank you for sharing that. I love how detailed you went and that's exactly, I feel like a lot of the, the listeners listening in right now would be like, yes, somebody gave me, this is what you gave them like a roadmap to how to implement a guest post process for their own company. So thank you so much for sharing that, Rebecca. I really do appreciate it. Uh, in terms of like that whole process now, uh, I'm sure you, you can you share a little bit about how G two and you, your team uh, measures the success of the process. Do you do you, uh, do you look at like the number of traffic that's brought in for each guest post? Like what are, what are some metrics that you're looking at particularly to make sure that um, the guest post program is actually doing a good uh, a good job or it's successful.
1: Yeah, so traffic is definitely one of the success metrics. It's not our only success metric, but it is probably the most visible and easiest one uh, to impact. Uh, we also um, focus on influenced revenue. That is something that we keep a little bit more private though. And we've had a couple of different um a couple of different variations of how we measure this. Uh, Previously, it used to be uh, attached to any deals, um, you know, that we were working on with customers. And now it's a little bit different. So that's a little bit in flux. Um, But that's another metric that we use. And also, um, you know, other things like, did we get any featured snippets? Is this Category performing better because of the content that was written on it. So, you know, it's something that I haven't looked into too deep yet for, you know, data fabric, for instance, but, you know, that piece of content was published on the site about a month ago. So I need to go check like, hey, have more people been looking up to data fabric? How is this piece producing? So just seeing the kinds of things like, are we getting more featured snippets? Are we moving up higher um, on Google on these, you know, really niche and specific categories and topics and those kinds of things are metrics for success as well. But yeah, traffic is super important. Like if you took away the guest post program, you know, like you said, that five fifty was our marker at the end of last fiscal year. And so now we're almost three months into this year. So, you know, I'm sure things have changed since then, but yeah, we shot up, we used to get like maybe four to 5,000 sessions per month. Then it went up to about 20,000 sessions per month. And then it shot up to almost 50,000 sessions per month from guest posts alone. So um, it's a really good traffic source and uh, you know, a site could um, hypothetically work solely off of guest posting and probably be able to pull a good amount of traffic if done right. You know, I'm not saying you should or shouldn't do this. And I don't know, like I am not the SEO expert. I know a good amount of uh, on-page SEO and SEO metrics and stuff like that, but you know, don't quote me and don't, I'm not giving anybody any promises or ideas, but it seems like at least in our experience um, that our guest posting program is its own traffic engine. And that you know solidify it away from the rest of the traffic it still produces really well like what site wouldn't want five hundred fifty thousand sessions yeah. just alone you know what i mean Shoot,
0: yeah, yeah. i mean wow <laughs> like that just i was gonna ask a follow-up question around like what was some metrics you were you're proud about but like those those results are totally mind-blowing i wouldn't have thought that compared to so i guess my follow-up question to that now is like you have guest posts doing really well are you are you Is g2 still writing internal posts and and how how are you thinking about balancing guest posts versus like you know um getting somebody within within g2 like an internal generated uh content or post that that is written by somebody from g2 or you've outsourced to to somebody to write for you
1: Yeah. So we have a pretty strong writing team. Our writing team is spread across the US and um, in Bangalore. So we have writers on both continents, which is really cool. And we have specific uh, topic areas that each writer focuses on. So we have a marketing writer, we have a sales writer, you know, we have an IT writer, um, you know, different Sorts of subsets. We have somebody who's been writing about uh, the cloud. We have somebody who's been writing about AI. So, a lot of really important, basically, how we focus it is which are the top 10 categories on G2. And those are the focus areas that we want to keep to our writers. So, that's not to say that we never have any external writers writing about a tech topic or a marketing topic. But something like um, what is marketing automation would be for our marketing writer, because it's a really high volume keyword. It needs a super skilled writer and somebody who goes through the entire peer review process that we use for our internal team. But something like marketing automation tips would be perfect for a guest poster because it's tips on the pillar article that our in-house team already wrote. So basically, our in-house team is going to create that really dense, heavy uh, information rich content and then guest posts are typically supporting content for those larger pillar pieces.
0: That totally makes sense. I totally, it's starting to all fit together and how I'm seeing things. Uh, I want to start wrapping up and we've talked a lot about your your guest posting vetting process and actually, you know, getting from from that pitch all the way to actually getting the posts up from that guest. If you can share, can you can you share one or two pieces of advice to marketers right now? And it could be about guest posting or it can be about marketing in general. What would be that, those one or two pieces of advice you'd like to leave to listeners who are mainly marketers or there might be a few products, but they're listening in to help them grow their, their business or they're actively marketing something internally?
1: Yeah, so this, it's kind of a two for one. So depending on, it doesn't matter if your company is large, small, mid-sized, um, make your employees brand advocates. I will say that when I started at G2, so for full disclosure, G2 was my very first marketing job. We were my first job out of grad school. And, um, they were really heavy on making sure that we felt like the company cared about us and that we were a part of the company. And, you know, part of that was making sure that we were active on social media, sharing out our content. So, if you have a content team, make sure that they all have a Twitter account, make sure they're all active on LinkedIn, they're sharing out their content, they're connecting with people in whatever field they're writing got your AI expert, make sure they're connecting with, you know, industry leaders in the AI field, people that they can pull on when they need quotes or need help writing about a topic, somebody that, you know, you might encourage them to share that content because, hey, you quoted me in this article or you asked for my help. Um, Using those channels to build relationships to basically, you know, make sure that your team is a cohesive unit and you know, uses their own individual voices. Don't stifle them. Let them talk. Let them, you know, talk about what, um, you know, hobbies and social and political and, you know, thought leadership things they're interested in in conjunction to their work. You know, having well-rounded individuals that are a part of your team and making sure that they feel like they're actually making an impact is how you're going to make sure that your content gets seen over other people. So many people tell me, oh, I love G2. I see that you guys get along really well. Uh, Your team is so great we see you interacting all the time online yeah it's not fake you know our team just made sure that you know we felt comfortable enough to do this and you know it stayed within the team even through you know people who've left and people who've stayed it's just it still stayed the same really close-knit group of people
0: wow that's that's totally an amazing uh, lessons that you're sharing around that Uh, And just one final question, uh, where can people find out more about you online uh, if they want to do, to see more of your work and, you know, where can people find out more about G2? I'm guessing it's just G2.com, but if there's anything else you want to shout out.
1: Yeah. So um, obviously visit G2.com, but also check out all of our awesome content writers and guest posters content (laughs) at learn.g2.com. and. You know, you can, if you do some digging, I'm not going to give away all the secrets, but if you do some digging while you're on learn.g2.com and find the guest post guidelines, feel free to reach out to me um, and use my name in your pitch so I know that you actually (laughs) listened to this the full way through and uh, that way you can encourage me to see your pitch. if you want to see any of my own personal work, I have a website. It's my first name, Rebecca, then dash Reynoso, my last name.com. You can see my portfolio, the kind of services I offer, and anything else interesting that you might find about me.
0: Awesome, Rebecca. Thank you so much for your time. I really do appreciate it. Thank you so much. That's it for this episode. Thank you so much. Before we end, I just want to thank, once again, a sponsor for this episode. Thanks to Ahrefs Webmaster Tool. You can find top key which you rank for, track organic keywords, get more in-depth backlink data, and perform a site audit all for free using Ahrefs Webmaster Tool. You can sign up today at growthoday.fm forward slash Ahrefs or find the link in the description of this show. You can also support me in these three easy ways. First, you can share a quote on Twitter or LinkedIn or tell a friend about this. Second, you can join the go Today mailing list where you'll get the Chi Chi directly emailed to you. You also get to know who I have coming up next and you can ask them questions via email. Third, you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts. This is, would be, I would be forever grateful for that because that's how most people find podcast show is through word of mouth, but as well as through the reviews on Apple Podcasts. Well, that's it for this episode. Until the next one, this is your host, Ramley John. Keep safe and as always, Keep on growing.